<laughs> we took a look at Luke chapter one last time. Um, I began to show the stair stepping. Uh, John's birth foretold, Jesus' birth foretold, then John's birth, then Jesus' birth, and it goes up. And yet, with each one of these, there is oh, this kind of return, and the themes are mentioned again. There is an angel that comes, there is the reception, there is the response, there is then the gift, um, and the rejoicing that comes, and we begin to see it uh, uh, go again and again. Last week, we'll see how uh, far we get, Uh, last week we took a look at verses 1 through 4, that was an introduction, Luke was telling us, I did some research, I know these things, I'm going to explain to you this orderly account is for his catechumen, uh, Theophilus, in order to teach him, and as it says here, that he may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed, that is, that you might know these things for, for faith. Beginning with verse 5, we took a look at the foretelling of the birth of John the Baptist. Uh, As he comes to Zachariah and Elizabeth, uh, they are believers. Uh, They are old, don't have any children, and yet God comes to him. Zachariah is in the temple, and the angel Gabriel announces that he's going to have a child. Um... And as soon as he's done, he goes home. Elizabeth conceives. We saw the birth of Jesus foretold. We saw it was the sixth month. Uh, Jesus is uh, behind uh, John by about six months. The angel Gabriel also goes here to Mary. We saw that she was to rejoice. She had been given a gift. She had been blessed. Uh, she is the highly favored one. Or the uh, the Vulgate, the Latin translation that was used in the church for many years, uh, talked about uh, Hail Mary, Lania Gratia, full of grace. Same thing as highly favored. To be full of grace means you have been blessed. Uh, the announcement, the Lord is with you, uh, the promise of not only direction, but also uh, God coming to live with her, declares her to be the one who is blessed, and particularly of all the women that are waiting for a child, this is the one who is God's son. The church used that for... Uh, quite a while. Um, It was a reference just as glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth goes back to the glory and excelsis and we use that. Um, The church used this as a profession of the birth of Jesus. Um, Even when the church added to the end of it Hail Mary full of grace, the Lord is with you blessed are you among women and added the words Pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Um, We we do know that the saints in heaven, they do pray for us. 
but we've never been told, commanded, to ask them for help, nor do we know that they can even know what is going on here. The scriptures say that, that they're ignorant of those things. Um, and so, um, that part we've not been able to, to use. Um, but the first part um, uh, is not to be denied. Uh, we have, the again, the not fearing. We had all of the explanation about how this would be God's son. It would be the son of the highest. That it would follow in the line of the promise, particularly going through David. Uh, we saw the difference, how Mary asked, how can this be? Uh, not unbelief, as we saw with Zechariah, but um, simply wanting to know. The explanation is that the Holy Spirit would preserve her. When we got to the end... Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren, for with God nothing will be impossible. And so we begin to see the God working not only with Zachariah and Elizabeth, but even with Mary, that she bears uh, a child that's stair steps above of John. And I think the last thing that we took a look at was this response of Mary. Uh, Behold, you know, I am the maidservant of the Lord. Let, let it be to me according to your word. If this is training, if this is catechesis, uh, this is what we desire. We desire that the word be preached, that we understand what it is, and then we say, let your word be to me, let it be according to me, that I might believe, that I might do, that it, it Lord. And so this is where the incarnation of our Lord uh, occurs, and Mary receives the uh, gift that was given to her. All right, let's go on to... Um, Mary visits Elizabeth. I'll read. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. 
He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months, and returned to her house. Alright, so this is called the visitation. Was Mary told to go visit Elizabeth? That we see, right? What? It doesn't say anywhere. It doesn't actually say, but the angel lets her know here's the situation. Uh, your relative Elizabeth is six months pregnant. Um, why does Mary go? To help her out. To help her out. Um, to help with this. And, and it says that she stays for three months. Okay. Stays for the birth. Um, does, she, does she stay, or does she go to help her out, or does she go to see if this is all true? Oh. You know, because something something happened with Mary that it, it never happened before, and it's never happened since. I, I, I'm not sure how how sure we would be of the angel Gabriel coming and saying you're pregnant. I think Mary is an. is an example that we can strive for. The yeah. one who says, let it be to me according to your word, is the response of faith. I don't think you're right. We would. <laughs> um, but uh, surprisingly, you know, here is someone who holds to that word. She is given the word. Nothing is impossible. Um, now, is that for Elizabeth? Is that for Mary? Um Later on, we're going to get to uh, chapter 2, and we're going to get, as we come back up, uh, the angels come to the shepherds and tell them, in Bethlehem, there's a child, it's been born, do they tell them to go visit? Is it because they don't believe? No. Absolutely not. No. But you see, once again, I mean, that, that repetition, I mean, it just keeps coming back. Well, the angel told Mary about Elizabeth, so she knows that this is somehow tied together. That's probably why she went. Just, you know, this is, we're, we're two women that have been blessed somehow by God, and we don't really know what's going on, but, you know, I mean, you know, you know for mutual reassurance, probably. Yes, exactly. Um, so, even last night, uh, uh, speaking about the uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah and their being old, reminding us of who? Abraham and Sarah, who were quite old before. You know, this is kind of the two bookends. We're coming back again to that which has happened. 
the um, I, I just you, if 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 I tell you about a situation, I don't have to you know um, <coughs> Eric called me up this week. He goes, ah, Dad, the car is like half in the ditch. So I said to him, all right, well, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> Did he ask me to come? No. But what's the first thing you say? I'll be right there. Okay, let me see. i got to call the boys. We're going to go pick them up. We're going to come rescue you, bring you out, you know, and, and, and get, you know, uh, um, here, I'm going to tell you this. Well, of course. This is what you do. You don't need to be told. Um, she goes. Uh, she enters the house of Zachariah. She greets Elizabeth. And it happens. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Wait. This greeting, um, what kind of greeting did she give her? Shalom, peace, peace, <laughs> and yet by this greeting, what happens? Uh, the word babe, the word for brephos, um. This child, this is not a uh, group of cells. <laughs> this is a child. This is the way the scriptures always speak. They use the same term for that which is after the birth as that which is before. Um, this is the babe John. He is in the womb of, of uh, in the womb of Elizabeth. What does John do? He jumps up and down. Why? Again, Gabriel told Zacharias this was going to happen. He was filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Correct. And so, already, John, six-month-old in the womb, filled with the Holy Spirit, begins to point out Jesus. Jesus? Where's he? He's in Mary's womb. And so, uh, with this, it even by his action, it gives Elizabeth the Holy Spirit so that she might prophesy. There is appropriate prophesying. Even uh, St. Paul speaks about this in 1 Corinthians 14. I wish that all God's people would prophesy. There's appropriate places for all people, women and all, to, to prophesy. No, they're not in the pastoral office, and you don't have a woman that's an apostle or a priest or, you know, prophet. I mean, but here, absolutely. And what does she do? She speaks out the words with a loud voice. Again, this is prophecy language. This is not just, you know, this is listen up. Um, this is proclamation. And describes one the uh, describes Mary as one who is blessed. It describes the fruit of her womb as something that is blessed. So both Mary and Jesus. And Elizabeth goes on to ask, why, why did I get this great blessing? What? Why am I so uh, blessed to have the mother of my Lord? 
come to me, and she goes on to describe how John's working inside her uh, caused her to respond in these ways. And she speaks of Mary saying, you know, you have believed, and Mary did, there will be a fulfillment. Uh, This is all going to come at its proper time, and everything's going to work out. Uh, We have Mary then speaking what is described as the Magnificat, again, another one of our canticles uh, that that we have. Can I make a statement or a comment here? Sure. When Elizabeth's birth, or when John the Baptist's when in verse 11 it says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to Zacharias. Now, what happens when what I'm trying to point out here is that there is a difference between the announcement of the appearance or the the announcement to Elizabeth that's just a a common old ordinary angel just just a common old ordinary (laughs) angel who comes most of the time in the Old Testament but when we get to Mary who comes? Oh, yeah, okay, never mind. It, it, it's, it's the angel Gabriel. He comes, and it's, this, is, this is really important. And hence here, what was Elizabeth told? All of the stuff in the Old Testament that's about the coming Savior. Who told her? The Holy Spirit. Her husband. But who, who gets credit here? It's the angel. And I, I think I think it's important for us to remember that this this is basically the announcement of the conclusion of all the prophecies in the Old Testament, and now something new is coming along. No more of this sacrifice business. This is the sacrifice that's coming. And I think it's really important to remember that. Get back your Bibles. Go to First Samuel, chapter four, page two sixty-five. Not that we don't have enough words already to uh, teach on, as we have it in Luke one and two, and and. Uh, I'm not obviously going to get through the whole thing this time. I have begun to show you some of the, not only stair-stepping, but the return back to things. Uh, Pastor Arun also illustrates, listen, this is a fulfillment. There's prophecy that is going on. Um, This is one of those instances in which I don't know that it is explicit, but... um, The more you read the Word of God, the more that you begin to uh, become familiar with these things, 
you begin to make the connections of what has been said before and what is going on. I've already made the connection. Some of those, like when Mary gets to the end and says, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Well, what is she saying? It's the fulfillment. It goes back to Abraham, and he had the promised seed, and Jesus is that seed. And so um, we have, as I've already told um, in uh, one of my sermons, the great reversal, you know, scattering the proud, the mighty from their thrones, <laughs> exalting the lowly, filling the hungry, the rich sent away empty, this back and forth. Um, this is not the first time it goes back to the Old Testament. But what about this visit? First Samuel chapter 4. Um, now, once again, Samuel... He is the little boy that was promised to Hannah. She was barren, um, and so he grows up in the house of the Lord, and he is the one who um, uh, the Lord comes to. We get to 1 Samuel 4. Now the Israelites went out to fight against the Philistines. The Israelites camped at Ebenezer. And the Philistines at Aphek. And so, all right, so God's people are going to fight against the Philistines. Uh, what do they say? End of verse 3. Let us bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant from Shiloh so that it may go with us and save us from the hands of our enemies. Hmm, let's take the Ark out on the battlefield that it will help us win our battle. Why Why the Ark? It's the presence of God. The what? To bring the presence of God. Right to pre- God promised to be where the ark is. And so here is uh, uh, the Lord in the ark. They're going to bring him out on the battlefield. Now you might remember that this battle does not go well. Um, and you go on, you find out the Philistines uh, fought. Uh, the ark of God was captured. End of verse, or chapter 4, verse uh Oh, I don't know where it is. Verse 10, 11, uh, something about uh, that day. Eli uh, dies uh, when he finds out that his two sons are killed and the battle is gone and the ark has been taken. We see that, chapter 5, the Philistines captured the ark of God. They took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod, and they're like, great, we got this God. You remember what happens? Nothing good happens for them. They put the ark in the uh, temple of their god, uh, in Dagon's temple, and what happens? Dagon gets ripped down. Dagon falls down uh, every morning. His Finally, the last morning, his head's chopped off, his arms are chopped off, he's laying on the ground. Um, and it's causing great harm to the people. Uh, and so, what do they decide? we got to get this Ark of God out of here, right? Um, yeah, there's the whole thing. And well, so that's from the New International Version dated. What now? The scripture on the screen, that's from the New International Version dated. No? Uh-huh. I'm nearsighted. <laughs> so, the Ark of God, after seven months, they hitched it up to some cows and, and mm-hmm. sent it back on its way. Where does it go to? It goes to chapter 7, verse 1. It came to Kiriath-Jerim, and that's where the Ark of God, they went out and told uh, the men there, come on out and get this 
uh, ark, and it remained there uh, for quite a while. Second Samuel chapter six. Page three hundred. David again brought together out of Israel chosen men, 30,000 in all. He and all his men set out from Bela of Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name. The name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim that are on the ark. All right, so David says, I'm going to bring up the ark. I'm going to take it to Jerusalem. How does that work? Someone touched the ark when they weren't supposed to. They died. David says, I don't know if I want that here. And so it stays not in Jerusalem, but uh, uh, in the hill country of Judea for a while, until finally it is brought up to uh, Jerusalem. What are some of the things that we see? We see with verse 2 that uh, the ark is going to make a journey. When we get down to uh, verse 10, uh when David's afraid, how can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? Verse 10, he was not willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. And the Lord blessed him and the entire house. Hmm. What else? Uh, verse 15, while he and the entire house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts, raised their voice in the sound of, of trumpets. Um, with the coming of the ark, there is fear in verse 9. Um, David says, how can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? What is going on? The ark, which is has the Lord within it, comes Elizabeth, who has the Lord, you know, Mary, who has the Lord within her, comes to visit. There was to eat him, to get him in. This is to Elizabeth. Um, how can the ark come to me? How has the Lord come to me? Uh, he is blessed. She is blessed. One raises up their voice. This raises up the voice with shouts. Um, you know, I, is Luke drawing our connection back to the new home of God's Son? He will be present here. Here's where you will find him. Um, you will find him incarnate. You will find him, at least for a while, inside the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, this uh, 
it feel it appears to be the whole purpose of this revelation of the ark until it finally comes to Jerusalem. Pastor Rins already told us the whole purpose of this child coming is to go to Jerusalem and be the sacrifice. There is so much in these, and so when we hear of these things, we ought to be reminded uh, of what has gone before. Any questions about, do you see those some of those things that, that come up? Alright, so we have Mary's uh, Magnificat. As I mentioned before, we also are to be like her. We want to receive the Word of God. We want to rejoice in the gift that God has given. Uh, she lets us know that she is simply a lowly maidservant. We also say, yeah, we're unworthy to receive what God has given to us, and yet God has had mercy on us. Uh, he has done all of this for us. He's done it because of his covenant, which he had with Abraham. And this is the one who is the seed. Verse 57. Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered. She brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child. They would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. They said to her, There's no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to his father what he would have him called. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, saying, His name is John. So they all marveled. Immediately his mouth was open, his tongue loosed, and he spoke praising God. Then fear came on all who dwelt around them. All these things were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts, saying, What kind of child would this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And then we have Zacharias, who is filled with the Holy Spirit, as was Elizabeth, who is now going to prophesy with this. The whole account is about the circumcision of John. We're going to get, just as last night we preached on the circumcision of Jesus, uh, and here they expected to call him Zechariah. And when it's not that, what, what's going on here? What's, not only is this an old lady having a child, but they're not, they, you know, his name is coming from God. An angel has uh, determined this. This must be a special child. And we find that that's exactly what it is. Zechariah has been mute since he heard the words and did not believe them. There's also something else that's a little bit un unusual uh, about Zechariah. Did anyone note it? Verse 62. Is he also deaf? Yeah, so they made signs to his father. I don't know. Um, I, I guess that Zechariah is not just mute, but also lost his... Lost his hearing. Can't hear. Um, so they got to make signs to him. But when this happened, his ears are open, his mouth is open, his tongue is loose, he's, he's able to. Um, 
What do you think he's been doing while he can't hear anything and can't talk? Reading the Old Testament. <laughs> He's definitely meditating upon the Old Testament. Yeah, what does the Benedictus mean? Um, this is the word, uh, the first Latin word, uh, which translates the word blessed is. Well, uh, speak Latin. Benedictus. Good. Dictus is words. Benedictus is good words. So, Zechariah. Uh, with this, now with the Holy Spirit and in his prophesying, we have his canticle called the Benedictus. Um, it begins all out here. It goes down to about verse 75. That's the first half of it. And as it speaks, let's see what it speaks about. Beginning with verse 76, it's speaking about the child John. But before this, blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. So, very first thing, it lets us know that the Lord God, God himself, has come to us. He's acknowledging the Savior. He has come to redeem his people. He describes Jesus as a horn of salvation. Um, that is that which is out in front, that which is kind of like the horn of an animal, out, out, uh, uh, the leader of God's people, the horn. Um, and he's going to be the Davidic king, as promised. 70, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets who have been since the world began. This is in fulfillment of the prophets. And not just Isaiah and Jeremiah, but we're going all the way back to Noah, we're going back to Abraham and, and Seth, those who uh, prophesied since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies from the hands of all who hate us. He's going to, as regards to our enemies, he's going to set us free. This uh, Jesus is going to perform the mercy that was promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. He is going to do the salvation that we need and give us mercy. There was this holy covenant involved an oath which he swore to our father Abraham. Do you remember that in the book of Genesis? It was one of those high points as we went through where uh, God, uh, in talking to Abraham, uh, is, is assuring him and assuring him, and finally God says, I swear by myself, God takes the oath uh, that he meant. To do what? To grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of enemies, might serve him without fear. Um, at 10.15, we have a divine service. God serves us. When we serve him, it is a description of worship. We worship the one true God without fear, because we know our sins have been forgiven. We're not doing this to try to get something. Oh, we're doing this out of thankfulness. In holy and righteousness before him all the days of our life. This is what we have been given. And then, with verse 76... 
Zacharias speaks of John the Baptist. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest. You will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. This is Isaiah. To give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. A baptism for the remission of sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us. Another reference to Jesus to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace, reference to Isaiah. But once again, we come back to those words that are catechesis. They're catechetical words. We're going to go into the way. The way is the description of the believers living. The book of Acts, what's the first description of Christians? Followers of the way. Exactly. Now, John the Baptist, the child grew, became strong in spirit. He was in the desert until the day of his being manifest, revealed to Israel. That finishes up chapter 1. Chapter 2. And it came to pass... In those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered, this census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria, so all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Similar to the other ones, he always begins by giving us the time frame and the persons and the place. The time frame... Yep, during this census thing with Caesar, that's when it was. So we got the time frame. Who's involved? Joseph? Mm -hmm. Mary. Where? Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Uh, We're going to have a change of place. We're going to start in Galilee, and we're going to uh, go up from there. We're going to go to Bethlehem. Uh, And... I mentioned, I think it was Christmas Eve, you know, when it comes to the birth of Christ, it's pretty simple. The, the words, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, laid him in a manger. Oh yeah, there's no room in the inn. Um, it... it you, you expect bells, you expect horns, you expect long prose, you expect uh, uh, so much more. Uh, the church actually in rejoicing over this because we know that this very uh, humble beginning is so great that, that we then sing these hymns that soar. But it's said in common, it, it's very similar, you know, and, and, and they brought the uh, water had been turned to wine to... Uh, the master of the ceremonies and he tasted it 
Um, they just not, you know, and they distributed the bread and fish as much as they wanted. Um, there's no, and he said, hocus pocus, and all of these things happened, and there was, you know, uh, nope, just says it. Just ordinary stuff to, to the world, but only faith recognizes what's going on. Correct. And the reason that faith recognizes it is because the word tells us, or we wouldn't know. Um, Jesus, contrary to pictures, didn't walk around with a halo. <laughs> The only reason you knew he was the Savior is because of the Word and those who proclaimed it and, and, and all that was done. Um, okay, we have um, time frame. Um, there were registrations. There were uh, where they were supposed to go and have a census. Um Quirinius, Caesar Augustus, uh, real people, and yet we don't exactly have a, a, a date for this. Uh, most will put this in the neighborhood of 3 to 4 BC. The reason that they, well, if you're going to hold to the scriptures as all the words being true, the reason they do this is because of the death of uh, Herod the Great, the one who tried to kill Jesus and bringing him back, and so they have to put it in that. Anyone who kind of moves it too much later than that is is is, is just not going to have the time frame. You, you, you'd have to say that, that it was a mistake. Um, but there were always these things going on, and not every historical event is, is, is listed. All right, so uh, Joseph goes. He takes his betrothed wife with him. Uh, and uh, she gives birth. This thing about no room in the inn is what puts them out back at a lean-to in a barn of sorts. Uh, a manger was a place for food, for animals. You took the food out, you put some straw in, you made it as a place for Jesus. Jesus now becomes our food. Lord's Supper and what he gives to us uh, that he might be the shepherd that, that, that feeds us there are some things that are in the text of Luke that lets us know I mentioned to you the stair stepping I've also mentioned this but if you go back and uh, you'll know what I'm talking about because we are used to it uh, from hearing the story. If you go back to Luke chapter 1, and as he goes through, and then when it gets to verse 8, and so it was, da 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 da. Um, in Greek, it is the words agenato day, day is and, agenato literally means it happened. And so the idea is, and it happens. Sometimes they have another word, I. It means the same thing as day, which means, and it happened. And so this, and so it was, as the New King James has it, uh, you have it in verse 8. Again, then later, when we get to verse 23, and it happens. And so it was, as the day of the service was completed, that he left for his own house. 
King James? How does it record it? The old King James. I know it's New Year's Day, but... <laughs> I can't go for Bible at the time. What? Got it in your head. I'm sure you can remember. It's King James. It's the New Testament. Oh, and it came to pass. What is this? And it came to pass. What, you know, it is translating this. And it came to pass. Um, what? I mean, it's simple words. <laughs> But it's designed by its repetition. You don't even need it there. You could just do You know, I don't have to say. I can say, and then we went here and we went there. I don't have to say, and then it came to pass that we went there. But what does that do? It draws attention to it. What is? What do we have with verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 8? And what's important Zachariah's going in and then this thing's going to happen and when we get to the end of it it's kind of like the book ends and what happened? It was fulfilled. Elizabeth had a child. I guess I was going to say it was a fulfillment of prophecy. Right. So here's the thing. Here's the prophecy. When we get to chapter 2 Luke starts over for us and it came to pass, chapter 2, verse 1. And they actually put it with that one, uh, since it kind of begins that. We're all used to that with the, with the story itself. What do we have? The beginning of, and the attention to, let's draw our attention to the birth. When does it happen again? Chapter 2, verse, thir- or verse 6. And so it was. She gave birth. Here's the prophecy. With the end came to pass. Here's the next, and it came to pass, where now she has born. It's the same two, just like we saw with John the Baptist. Bing, 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 bing. But... There's two more that show up in chapter 2. Why? Because it's stair steps. When you get to Jesus, it's always more. Let's keep going. Now there was, in the same country, shepherds living out in their fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And there was... It's the same agenito, but this time they stick in a word, the word suddenly. And suddenly there was, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass, and so it was, there it is again, Kaiagenito, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. So what do we have? Well, we actually have four of those uh, references. 2-1 with 2-6, which has uh, the prophecy and then the birth and kind of puts all those together. We have another, and so it was when we get down here, but by the addition of the word suddenly, we have a, a double emphasis. Why? Thing, thing. It's enclosing the double emphasis on what we call the glory and excelsis. Glory be to God on high, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. What is that? And we use that, I mean, it's kind of the high point of, of you know, most of the <coughs> service of the word part. The gospel actually brings this up to it, but that's the highest praise. What about this? Is it, is it because it's the beginning of the fulfillment of the prophecy? Mm, beginning? Yeah. I know. <laughs> How about the end? The end? Mm. Well, the angels know what's going on. And it's kind of like it breaks into heaven and we see all of a sudden what the angels are doing. They're, they're right. praising God. All the simple stuff is going on here and you really wouldn't know it until all of a sudden the angels... I mean, God... I, I, what did I say in, uh, uh, in, in the sermon? I said that the, uh, uh, the angels just couldn't stand it. You know, they're up in heaven going, wait a minute. There ought to be a little more. We ought to be, you know, and 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 so. But but this is the heavenly Father doing what? This is the 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 beginning. It comes to the end where we also have. I mean, there's a couple places in which heaven is opened up. You know, at the at the baptism of Jesus. um, There's the transfiguration. There is the crucifixion. You know, you have uh, uh, those things. This now uh, is the is the word of God concerning what just happened. What just happened? Well, two things just happened, and it's in two different places. What's going on in heaven? There is the greatest rejoicing. God is being given all of the glory because of the birth of this child. But what's going on on earth? Something has just arrived. And it is the peace of God. It is the will of God, God's good will, to bless his people through, through Christ. On earth, there's peace and good will, and you're going to find it in this child Jesus. And through faith in him... Uh, in heaven, all glory is being given to God because of his coming. Um, what has just happened here is now highlighted. 
But the church saw this. They took this and made this that the you know the the antiphon that that goes with the rest of that uh, greatest hymn of praise uh, that we see in in our divine service. And so um, one angel. Then we have all of heaven breaks loose. There is the praising of God concerning this. The angels went away, and the shepherds they believed. Looking at this and, and comparing it and contrasting it to what we saw in Samuel with the arrival of the Ark of the Covenant, okay? Because there is, you know, the, 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 the angels aren't there, but, you know, there's, there's dancing that the Ark has come back to us. But here it's on earth peace, whereas there there's an element of terror and fear involved in it there is not here. So it's kind of the same, but it's but it's magnified and, and made, it's made, it's made a more like a like a wonderful thing for us rather than something to be terrified of. So David wants the ark to Jerusalem. I want this here. I want God to be with me. He's, they start to bring it, and the bad things happen. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, leave him over there. Leave him over there. Um, and, and then that person gets blessed, but then you, David's like, well, how are we going to do, you know. Yes, you, you want the Lord to come, but it's mixed with here, here. You know, and the ark is something beautiful and terrifying to, to look at. And here you've got a got a baby in a feed in a food trough. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of amazing. Um, all right, so we're going to go to Bethlehem. We're going to see this thing. They gave us a sign. Wait, we got to go into Bethlehem and find a baby at night. How are we going to do this? Not many in a manger. What? Not many in a manger. Yeah, so, you go look... Yeah, this is not the normal place. So, this is unusual. Give me a sign. Okay, here's what you're going to find. No, babies don't get put there. Uh, how many babies in Bethlehem are laying in... Yeah, there's not, just one. Um, and so, that's the sign they're going to uh, uh, know. God's always giving us signs, but the Word has to reveal it. Where are we going to find Jesus? He's going to be under the forms of bread and wine. No, really? Yeah. How many do you? How many gods do you know reveal themselves under that? that that's, but this is what we have. They go to Bethlehem. We're going to see this thing, and the Lord has made known to us. Like Mary, we have another catechetical. I got someone that was trained and then receives the word, believes it, trusts in it. Um, what wishes to marvel over it? Um, I, I, I was asked last night at a New Year's party dance. Uh, um, so, what's your sermon on tomorrow? I go, it's on marveling. I said, uh, whenever God comes to people, especially in uh, this uh, early chapter one, two, all the way to four, uh, the people receive it by marveling. Now, in John's Gospel, that's always unbelief. In Luke's Gospel, it's not so. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about this. They want to go. They want to see this thing. They came with haste. You don't delay. Hurry up. They found Mary and Joseph. They found the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen them, seen him, they made widely known the saying concerning this child. They go out and blab it to everyone. All who heard it. Here's the marvel, marveled at those things which the sh- were told them by the shepherd. What does Mary do? She 
keeps all these things. She meditates, ponders them in her heart. The shepherds return, glorifying, praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. It goes back to the teaching. It goes back to the word. They've been told these things. That's why they're able to uh, speak of it. It gets us up through uh, verse 20. Um, let's come back next week. We'll finish it up, and then we'll return to our other uh, study. Any questions today? Well, I think it's interesting that you have a lot of people here who are actually believing the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. We, we always we, 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 we have a tendency to think, well, nobody believed it, but the fact of the matter is there were a lot of people there that had faith. Correct. In the gospel reading today, we'll have upstairs, um, Simeon is going to announce uh, to Mary that it's going to reveal the hearts of many. And I think the thing is, is that we're surprised at who believes and who doesn't. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, teach us with your word so that we might uh, know those things which you are doing and which is your will for us, especially uh, that we might rejoice and marvel at your salvation, which comes through the God-man, your Son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen.